you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep, well welcome, this is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story, tonight is our serial story, Tales of Lady Witchbeard, all you need to do is get in bed, turn on the lights and press play, I'm going to do the rest, and what is the rest, what I'm going to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's running through your brain, whatever's racing through your brain, I'm going to craft a nice, soft, safe place, uh, or a psychic place, I don't know, you know, it's safe, safe zone. And then I'm going to reach my hand and my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to try to distract you from whatever's running through your brain. Whatever's got you, whatever's got your wheels turning, spinning, you know, mud, you know, mud flaps getting, you know, flapped by the mud because you're spinning your wheels in the mud, snow, sand, you know, asphalt. Please, you know, please don't do that. But if you, right now, or if your emotions are on edge or, you know, excited down or your body's all flared up or bent out of shape or you're in some kind of pain I'm going to try to uh, take your mind off all those things I'm going to use lulling soothing tones pointless meanders jerry meanders which I invented you know just recently Uh, wings of pointlessness all those things and is this your first couple of times here? I usually like to explain it in overblown explanations. And I, I usually, sometimes I take a little notes, you know, an idea hits me, something that's going through my brain, and I say, uh, oh, that would make a good opening. And I saw, I was looking through my notes for tonight's show. I'm going to look it up right now. Well, I've got a lot of notes uh, in breaking this one, tonight's episode, but uh, this one, I think this was uh, supposed to be opening for a recent episode. It says, uh, this is my woe, but woe is not mine. And I'm sure at the time I said, if I had done it that, I said, geez, that, that's going to make a great opening. But I, to be honest, I was on the bus about uh, 45 minutes ago. I said, what in the heck? I said, okay, this, and I, said, I tried to recreate. I said, where was I when I wrote this and what was going on with me? Because uh, at some time I, I was, fe- I must have been feeling some woe or thinking about people's woe. And I said, oh, geez, this is my woe. Woe is a good word for a sleep podcast, a woe. I guess either way, woe. Woe is me, or you say woe. But woe is not mine. And I can understand the point I was getting at, but I was like, gee, what was I feeling? What was I feeling? Where was I when I wrote this? And I couldn't, I couldn't remember it, but I'm sure at the time I was probably, you know, had some emotional shifting going on or whatever scientists call it, phase, you know, phase transphasion, or as uh, the, the, they say feelings, they, that's a more a technical term for it. I was having some feelings. But then as important as those feelings and real as they were at the time, now going back to it, I say, geez, I don't know what was going on. I could have been thinking about anything. And I realize that it doesn't make a ton of, a ton of sense, but it's, that's kind of the theory 
very kind of example of what happens with this podcast. When when you lie down to go to bed, for a lot of us, or for a lot of people I hear from, and for me, you might do all sorts of stuff, you know, do a little meditation action, journaling, gratitude, prayer, uh, uh, just thoughts, you know, write a letter. You know, you might rub some balm on some stuff and say, well, oh boy, whoa. You might get some, you know, some smells going. You might pet, pet, you know, pet your animal, pet your dog, uh, fix some tea, run a bath, eat a cracker, a biscuit. If you're over, 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 over in the UK, you know, you guys are, she said, we're going to have a biscuit, bedtime biscuit. Well, this podcast a little bit of your bedtime biscuit, but the thing is before... Or maybe it's the bedtime biscuit that's keeping you up. But it could be anything, because as soon as you let, you say, okay, I'm set up here, a world, I'm, you know, whatever. Maybe you got some mantras, maybe you got some affirmations, maybe you got some uh, whatever other stuff, you know, some sort of uh, list you go through. Who knows? Or maybe you're just like, geez, I'm tired, I'm going to bed. But then it's like, boom, you, you lie down and all of a sudden the lights go out. You know, so in this uh, a hive of activity erupts in your brain. And it could just be one voice. It could be a bunch of voices. It could be your own voice. It could be pure, pure, 100% common sense. Like, geez, tomorrow's going to go a lot better. At the time, I'll see my cat. Well, I better figure out this whoa thing. And then your attention gets pulled. You get stirred up. You see, and you remember something. You see, you say, geez, what, why do I have to have woe? Why can't I, why, maybe a, people like me better if I figure out the human condition and can communicate it uh, using this woe paradigm that I've come up with. If I could just master it, you know, maybe I could give a TED Talk on woe one day, and that'll change everything. And, and this is kind of stuff that honestly goes through my brain. Maybe I don't think I'd be, I couldn't do a TED Talk because it would be too, I'd never sleep again before, after, or during it. And it would be, but you know, but, but, uh, geez, now I'm like, am I going to be able to sleep tonight? Then I've contemplated this. But what if this bright part of my brain is like, geez, we'll, we'll give the greatest test. Remember, they'll be like talking about it for years. They said that talk that guy gave about, whoa, it changed everything. And then another part of your brain might cap, but geez, why can't, why can't you put together a TED talk about, whoa? Well, you see, you, we got the nugget here. This is my woe, but woe is not mine. And then maybe even try to say, geez, this woe is my woe. This woe is your woe from the Woewood Islands in the Woewood Forests. This woe has much woe. This woe has low woes. But this woe, this woe, 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 this woe is my woe, but woe is not mine, or whatever. But but you see, Jesus, guys, I'm trying to say, I don't think, I'm not scheduled for a TED Talk tomorrow. Or even if you are, you say, Jesus, maybe I, I'm doing a TED Talk tomorrow. I need to get some sleep. And then you're part of bring, but it's a TEDx talk, by the way. You're, you're talking to your brother, Ted. It's not, you know. It's for his birthday. You made it up at Ted. That's a great idea. I got a brother, Ted. 
I think I'll give a TED talk about TED on his birthday, except he listens to this podcast. I can't believe that idea. Have uh, any other TEDs out there, you know, prepared to be surprised? And if you, you're married to a TED, your partner is a TED, your lover's a TED, your, your sibling's a TED, you work for a TED, you know, give him a TED talk, you see, even tomorrow. Say, hey, I'd like to do a TED talk this morning at breakfast about how great TED is. Even if your name's not Ted, maybe nickname someone uh, Ted tomorrow and give him a Ted talk like that. I'd like to give you a Ted talk. Today I'm calling you Ted because you're so damn great. I just want to Ted talk the hell out of you. Huh, maybe that would work uh, for me and other. Hey, I'd like to talk to Ted talk the hell out of you. What? Okay, no, don't, no need to call the manager over, please. Please, it was a joke. It was TED Talk. I was, just, I was trying to work some TED Talk material, you know. You know, and then I was going to interlude into the Teddy. But okay, I'll just stick to the other TED Talk I was doing on my podcast. Okay, but I mean, okay, I'm back, guys. Uh, no TED Talks at bars to strangers. Pro am tip. Uh, but see, uh, what was my point? But, but all, there's no reason to have your brain, your body, your feelings carping about TED Talks, TEDx Talks, or other stuff. Because it's like, hey, I'm just trying to go to sleep here. I know everyone's jockeying for my attention now. I know you thought you had this nugget of wisdom about woe. And I think all those parts of your brain, whether it's woe or pain or success, failure, fear, whatever it is. I mean, those parts of your brain, we all know, they're as serious as they can be. They're not joking around. They're using, you know, every weapon they got to get your attention and to get you to, 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 to listen to them. They just don't realize it's bedtime. It's uh, so, so you, but it's really hard to wrangle them down because it's like, well, geez, why are you telling me to be quiet? I'm just trying to tell you what a bad person you are for not doing a TED talk about whoa. And, it, you know, think about how good you're going to sleep if we, we, we pound out. We're just going to brainstorm shaming you, a shame you brainstorm about why you haven't done a TED talk about whoa. And then you can go to sleep. And I realize that was, but my podcast tries to distract you from that. And you might even have noticed, as I've been going on this ridiculous tirade to, to a normal person, but to me, I was a pretty serious the whole time, about woe and TED Talks. You know, all those parts, you're like, this is my woe. I'm the only person that, you know, I, think I almost had it. I almost tied together the metaphor, but I was unable to do it. And sometimes the bedtime is just not, you, you just got to get some sleep. And that's what I'm here for. I'm here to distract you. You say, geez, you know, can you go back to that? Yeah, and you know what? I'm going to go right back to giving a TED Talk to somebody tomorrow. And maybe, maybe you can't do it with your brain, but some reason I can with a lot of people's brains. I don't know why. So why don't you lay in, hey, hey every, everybody's brain parts. I call them brain bots. I have other terms for them, but right now brain bots the one. Hey, everybody, come on in. I've got great, great plans for tomorrow. We're going to TED Talk some people, and it'll be, like, so much fun. And maybe you guys tomorrow, you'll think of some good stuff for it. But it's just, like, think about the look on somebody's face when they say, hey, I'd like to give a TED Talk to you. I'm going to call you TED. And I'm going to talk about uh, what a great job you're doing here. Uh, you could even, and maybe we could even do it to, like, our cat, our dog, our computer monitor. 
Because, yeah, I see you in the back. You're like, I'm not giving anyone a TED Talk. We give it to our computer, computer monitor. And I see you over there on the left. Yeah, we could give it to ourselves, too, in the mirror. I know a lot of us aren't comfortable with that. But if you are, go right for it. And we'll say, hey, you know, we could even do T is for Ted Ordinary. E is for Edward and Excellence. And D is for a dairy. So milk ordinary, Ted. I'm talking to you about you. Even though your name's not Ted, I'm calling you today because you're so great. Yeah. And I'm so, you know, I'm so glad you guys, so we're going to do that tomorrow. What do you guys think about all that? And I know it sounds nonsensical. Maybe you guys could, could, could listen. Like, believe it or not, I got a podcast I'm going to do here. So if all you brain bots want to listen in, and then tomorrow you can say, like, think about how much better your human's going to do it than me. You say, did you hear that Ted song he just did? Susie Q is so much, she's going to be great compared to this clown. And then be like, we could use our Ted, you know, Ted Kennedy material for this because he's a, oh boy, we're going to be, we're going to be killing it. So everybody's listening, gather around. I know this idea sounds silly. Well, it may sound weird. This, This podcast is a bit weird. I mean... I probably just talked about fantasy TED Talks and whoa for eight minutes. But it's all in good and good fun. I want to take your mind. I want you to kind of focus it on me. Clearly, if you listen to the content of what I've been talking about, you say, well, I don't think this is going to be useful. But it's like, well, mildly amusing. I wouldn't mind saying to somebody at breakfast tomorrow, hey, keep up the good work, Ted. Well, I'm not Ted, Mama. Well, honey, I wanted to give you a TED Talk and, uh, you know, tell you what a great job you're doing eating your breakfast. Uh, Point one, you know, I don't have my slide deck with me or whatever the hell they call it. You can't say that to your kids, but, you know, when you just say, geez, where'd you learn to handle that spoon? Go ahead, give give us, uh, you give us the TED Talk on your great spoon grip. So that's it. That's the spirit of the podcast. Lighthearted off the beaten path, distracting, but not, you know, someone and get, you know, just say, get, bring your attention in and then your attention could just wander away. But you can bring it back here whenever you want. I'm going to keep going. I put a lot of, I put, I put, put everything I got into making sure this podcast is, is enough to, to keep your attention, but, but not riveting where you're like, oh boy, I got to listen to every single second here. Because obviously if you fell asleep and woke back up in the last eight minutes, you're like, he's still talking about TED Talks, isn't he? So that's it. I'm glad you're here. You know, give this podcast a few shots. If it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. But, you know, I hope it does. And I'm glad you're here. And as I just said, but as I always try to say, I really hope I help you fall asleep. Thanks for coming by. All right, housekeeping. We're on the web, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. You can find our oldest episodes there. Uh, I don't think our oldest episodes are on iTunes anymore, but I still see them getting downloaded a lot, so maybe they are somehow. But if you want to see the old episode, oldest episodes are on the website. Our show notes are there. You can leave a comment there. You can also email me feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com.
Uh, quicker way is uh, dearest. Uh, what's the Twitter at dearest scooter or on Facebook? Sleep with me podcast. You can comment there. And that's where I try to post bloopers and sleep related articles. And you know, a lot of people share stuff on there. Uh, most important right now this week is that we got a new show that comes out. Well, not a new re re remix, I guess. Shows without the intros on Monday and Wednesday nights. That's called Sleep to Strange. It's in iTunes. It's on Stitcher. I checked Pocket Cast. It's on Pocket Cast because that's what I use. If you want to find it on iTunes, just go to sleepwithmepodcast.com slash strange. And if you want to find it on Android, go to sleepwithmepodcast.com slash strangeandroid. And since that's a new uh, show, if you could do me a huge favor and take the time to review and rate it after you give it a couple listens and make sure you're subscribed. But that's if you need extra stuff, you know, you don't have enough. You say, well, Jesus, this sounds different because it doesn't have the intros. Or for those of you out there that say, Jesus, I just don't like the intro scoots. I say, hey, this one's for you. This doll's for you. So that's out there. I want to thank Chris Posty Posterson from Sounds Like an Earful who does our music. I want to thank Scotty and Jennifer on our artwork. We have a Facebook community. So we have a Facebook community. Uh, I guess it's kind of like an unofficial community where people can get to know each other and, you know, be, become friends, talk about sleep-related issues. That's at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash nods, N-O-D-S. And it's free to join. You just got to, it's a closed group, so you just got to whatever say I want to join. And our moderators, I want to thank them. There's Julie C., Jennifer B., Rachel L. to the G., Lida S., and Laura, who's the O, 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 O nod, original nod. Uh, so that's over there on Facebook. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to think what else. And I don't know uh, what else. Uh, I want to have, have many other thank yous. I want to thank Lauren for the lovely email. I want to thank Stanley for the amazing, help, amazingly helpful email. I want to thank Brendan for taking his time to help by email. Tara, or Tara, Tara. Tara is how I, you know, I was raised to say it, but Tara is how adults say it. Or, you know, adult, you see, geez, I'm trying to be respectful and considerate of other people's feelings. It's Tara. I think I got to reread that email. I want to thank Joe M. I want to thank Justin. I want to thank Molly for the comments on the website. I want to thank uh, Arturo over on YouTube VN Graveyard. I want to give you your second shout out since you loved your first one so much. Uh, Vainglory. I can't tell if that's a YouTube bot or a real uh, YouTube account, but they keep saying, saying, saying hi. So I say hi hey, back to you. Let me know. You're real by saying something about would say vainglory. Uh, Facebook, a couple of these people, are, oh, Justin M and Joe. Never mind, I'm getting stuff mixed up. Oh, yeah, Joe M and Justin were from Facebook. I wanted to thank them. Thank you twice. You're so nice. Sue, Pauline, William G, Laura, Alexander, and Julie, Dustin. Twitter, Kimberly A, uh, Marnie and Fan, Fat Anarchy, we're working on solutions, uh, Lisa with extra S's, Lida. I want to thank you. Congratulations to Nerd, Nerd Goblin, who I believe is getting married as you're, maybe as you're hearing this. She says three days. 
but I don't know. Again, I'm not good at math, and I'm recording this Wednesday evening for a Thursday release. So thank you. Congratulations, or future, you know, congratulations. Possibility that Tommen was her bridesmaid. Please get that on video, please. I don't know if there's going to be dancing at the wedding, but hopefully I could see Tom and doing the worm and getting hurt. So maybe I was going to say get video Tom and doing the worm, but don't get him doing the worm. And no, clearly no alcohol for Tom and uh, Justin D, Mark, Graham, and Babs. Thank you all. Over on iTunes, if you review and rate the podcast on iTunes, it helps us uh, get exposure on iTunes by move, staying in the charts, by charting, I guess. But more importantly, put your uh, uh, review out there. And that's a god honest good thing. I never buy anything on Amazon without reading a review. And I don't, I, sometimes I'll randomly I'll say, hey, let's see what reviews are on the sixth page, if they're all good reviews. Because I'm looking for a review that connects and speaks to me. So if you take the time to write a review, it'll maybe it'll speak to one more person, and that'll help our podcast grow. So I really appreciate it. And, you know, it's your honest opinion. And speaking of honest opinions, uh, Sleepless in Narberth. Now, I, I know someone in Narberth, so hopefully it's the person I know. If it's not, that's wild. I mean, it may know two people in Narberth. But they, they fall asleep without a problem. It's the only sleep aid they need, but then they wake up in the middle of the night. That's when they need the podcast because their brain's buzzing like a hive of mos- cloud of mosquitoes. So glad to help in Narberth, a lovely town on the uh, Philadelphia train line. And then I want to thank Blue Meanie Face, who was nothing but 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 non-meanie. And their face doesn't make me feel blue, except for like for over from over smiling, because they said we have a gift. Scooter's no joke, funny, but Blue Meanie Face is willing to put fifty dollars down against the sleep order with this podcast. So thanks, Blue Meanie. All right, so that's everything this week. Thank you so much uh, for the support, and let's uh, keep getting on with you. Let's keep the show going. All right. Hey, so when we last left off last weekend, Tales of Lady Witchbeard, it was a pretty, pretty simple uh, episode, actually, or pretty straightforward. Couldn't get more straightforward than this. Uh, Lady Witchbeard and I flew from the temple or the pyramid that Montezuma was presumably building in search of Cortez to capture him and bring him to the gods as uh, as some sort of, uh, to get the god, that was our job. I'm not, again, I'm not 100% sure on the details, but it would have made everything better, fixed everything. So we scouted at his camp. I snuck into his camp. I snuck into his tent. I found out that him and Marina, which you probably already knew this, but they were madly in love uh, in a way that kind of made you not even jealous. They were so in love. It was like one of those things, like a warm fire, watching them together. Like, Like I said, like some classic movie. But then they caught me, and I realized they were going to use the coat of many colors I guess at the time I didn't think about it. were they going to use their in the were they about to make love and use the coat of many colors or I guess maybe I panicked I put it on I tried to dance I tried to dance my way out of trouble sing my way out of trouble because they were singing to each other oh boy that was some romantic stuff singing to each other 
I danced with Marina. And then they cornered me. They said, give us the coat. And the only thing I could think of was goat. So somehow the magic of the coat of many colors turned me into a goat of many colors. And I did what a goat would do, which was beat it, you know, get out of there because they tried to catch me. And I don't know if I've ever tried to catch a goat. It seems pretty mean-spirited, goat catching. But I'm sure some people, you know, say, Jesus, my job, I'm a goat catcher. What do you want from me? And I say, no, no, no. I said, if it's your job and you do it, but I'm not non-judgmental. He said, it was just a, sorry, I didn't mean to criticize your goat catching. Uh, but if you try to catch a goat, goat's going to try to go. So I did like a little goat move, like a little left, right, left, which is pretty surprising. Got out of the tent. I booked it. And then I was keeping out, you know, my use of my coat of many colors is a coat of many c- 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 cover-up, you know, camouflage. And I figured I'd get with Lady Witchbeard and we'd reassess the plan. Little did I know I'd get with Lady Witchbeard. She brings me, but she's got, she's got a, she brings me back to the camp. And she, she's in cahoots with Cortez and Marina. And I said, what, what, wait a second, What? I didn't say that, though, because I was a goat. It was, and, and even then I said, uh, wait, wait, am I a goat? Because, again, my brain was, I guess, like it's total transformation. So I'm not sure the consciousness intelligence link. Like, but I mean, maybe there's some sort of bandwidth. It's like, okay, I had a goat, a human brain changed into a goat brain. I still retained some of my, I mean, obviously my consciousness, because I knew I was a goat. I knew I was a scooter. I knew I was germ the goat for a phage, the phage. But then it would be like, uh, kind of like a, you say, wait, what, oh, what was I talking about? So, what was I talking about? Maybe my brain didn't change back, or did it ever, or who knows? Am I the old goat brain? Yeah, sure, right. That's a good book. There's a lot of books about, you know, I talk about this brain plasticity stuff. We, we could we could do a lot of stuff with this, the goat brain. Like, that, I think that sells itself. And they say, I would never buy a book with the goat brain in there. And I said, well, you haven't seen the cover yet, okay? One, or the subtitle, you know, make millions with the, you know, unlock the goat brain. Uh, I say no, and I would say, what about the the go brain sixty day go brain cure? The go brain sixty day now, yeah, sixty day go brain now. That sounds like I'm suffering from go brain, which I am. What about the go brain paradox? Unlocking the go brain paradox. They say, geez, what's up? That doesn't have a broad mass market appeal. That's they just stick with the go brain. You know, and I say, yes, I'm tempted to start singing insane in the goat brain. I'm a goat, got goat brain, but, you know, I don't want to do insane. It's a earworm goat brain. Got goat brain going, you know, with, you know, my hoof I did sprain. Uh, But anyway, goat brain easily. So I turned into a goat. They captured me. And that was about that was about it. I was stuck. 
And that's where we left off. So it's time for another episode of, okay, all right. The Tales of Lady Witchbeard. Har, har, yar. Ha, 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 yeah. Good thing you can't, the good thing is Mike's and you can't drop it because you would you just dropped that. Antonio Banderas, ladies and gentlemen. And another tale of Lady Witchbeard. Thanks. All right, so as, as the episode opens, uh, I'm still a goat. And they've you know, put a rope around me, leashed me. But like she has the episode, the rule past episode opening, because they, they had leashed me as a goat, which obviously I didn't like. And I did some tugging, and, and then that didn't do, do, do work. And I can tell you, there's so much when you're a goat, if you become a goat, great, it's, uh, the eating is, it's a joke. I don't know if that's the the amedula, the medulla, or the am amedica, whatever it is that makes a goat eat. It's so frustrating, especially when it's the point in the story. It's like, geez, why I picked the worst time to become, a, and then I'm like a goat. I said, if I was at least like a, and I didn't. Re- I said, well, it's not so bad initially. When I said for about two seconds, I said, well. It's not so bad. And then I realized, oh, wait, I'm eating grass. Oh, wait, I'm eating scraps. Oh, I'm chewing on a steak, tent steak. And I say, okay, stop eating so I can come up with a plan. Let's try to pull, pull you know, oh, that hurts our neck. Oh, stop to eat for forever. And I said, geez, when I was human, I had enough trouble controlling my behavior. And now I'm a goat. Oh, it was, it was so irritating. And it was just like, just like trouble. I said, can't you just stop eating? Nope. Oop, let's chew it. What is this? Uh, some sort of insect? Let's chew it up. And I said, it's bad karma, you goat. And I said, well, I'm tired. But anyway, so then I tried uh, pulling on the rope with my teeth. And that didn't work. And I said, well, geez, what, what, and I wish... I think eventually I would have thought to eat the rope as a human, but uh, you know my goat brain said, hey, "Let's eat this thing." And then uh, the next thing I know, I'm not chained to the temple anymore. So I started wandering around, and I said, "Okay, germ, this is it. This is the big. Okay, this is it. This is the uh, everything's uh, Lady Witchbeard's against you." Marina, I said, and I said, well, she's actually, I don't know 100% what the plan is. And I said, Lady Witchbeard double crossed me. And I said, okay, I got to get some information. And I don't know if this is all goats or just me, but I had terrible hearing, or at least, uh, or comprehension. Maybe it was just the goat brain I had, as I said. But I said, you know, I tried to get myself pumped up. I said, this is going to be great. The goat saves the day. Goat power activates. And I started trying to whistle, listen in to Lady Witchbeard, try to find something. I couldn't, one, I couldn't find, you know, I, I tested out on some, but all I heard was, and I got closer and then someone would say, wait, 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 and I'm pretty sure I could interpret it like that. They were like, you stink. And the other guy's like, no, no. And I was like, oh, they smell me. And I think in Italian, that's uh, fai schifo, maybe. 
I think that's an insulting term about something, but these guys weren't Italian. But anyway, not important. I guess I was a little, but so. But then I got caught. I said, "Geez, that that went great. I couldn't pick up on any plans." And they figured out I ate the ropes. Then they covered the rope in hot pepper. Ate two more hot pepper covered ropes until finally my goat brain. And I'm not kidding. I was like, "This? What are you doing? This is burning my my goat mouth." But then finally, my goat brain, after two more ropes, stomach ache, which got me, you know, obviously the results that got me sent to the side of camp, where at least I, could, I couldn't even, uh, I guess it worked out because there was more grass to eat. So I guess they said, you stinking goat. But I stopped eating the rope because they had a hot pepper on it. I think they put some tar on there, too. I think that's what did it, the hot pepper tar combo. Uh, but whatever, I said, thank you for not eating a fifth rope or one, two, or fourth rope. I don't know, goats, you know, you only got the, the split hoofs, so you know, we count to four anyway. At least that I could see, you know, the other ones I couldn't count. Uh, but during that time, I tried the other goat. I said, okay, what other goat power? I said, I got snorting. I was snorting a lot when it, between eating. But that didn't, you know, yeah, every once in a while, I would see a lady. But they were Lady Witchbeard Marina and Cortez. They were mostly avoiding me. And then I tried, I did a lot of stomping of like one hoof and two. And I tried to do that. And really, actually, somebody came there like, is there something stuck in your thing? And I can't feel bad about this. I guess I should be, you know, I should have apologized. Because this poor, I guess poor conquistador, maybe he was an inscripted man or whatever they call it. But he actually was like, oh, you poor goat. Yes. And then I, I said, well, I'm going to, and I, I stomped his finger when he was checking my uh, hoof uh, to see if there was something stuck in there. But I was just stomping or, you know. Whatever goats do, you've seen it before. Irritating, a hoof stomp or whatever. I think I knew the other word for it. I I forgot it though. Uh, I did some budding. I talked about that last episode though. But then most people would avoid me, so I said. Well, and they said, "Geez, budding's really not nice." So I should save the budding, you know, because I don't want to. Obviously, be a butt would be better if they don't know it's coming. If you you know, save the butt for you know. Uh, you know, all or nothing situation, which is kind of all or nothing behavior, butting anyway. Uh, I never, I never resorted to biting because it was mostly because my mouth was full and I was eating stuff. And I said, geez, I don't like, you know, I like animals that like people, you know, poor animals that got to bite people. They pray. And I said, I, you know, I'm not going to bite anybody. Plus, I guess my goat brain over it said, geez, if you bite somebody, you're not going to get, you know, when they hand feed you uh, whatever the hell scraps. And each day the camp was moving a little bit. But, you know, for a while I had a terrible stomach ache from all the tar and hot pepper and rope I ate. And I said, geez, these goats, it's, it's just like, I mean, said, thank God they haven't invented tin cans yet because I said I'd hate to eat a tin can like a cartoon goat does. Uh, one more thing that kind of is annoying about being a goat, or maybe not, yeah, that I disliked about it. You said, what is this, a goat criticism podcast? 
Yes, hey, geez, it was really annoying that your jaw has this weird side-to-side action. I don't know why I didn't like it. But I said, geez, I don't even, uh, you know, it's a, I don't know, I couldn't get, I kept saying, why you got to move your jaw like that? And I said, I'm not a cat, you know, it's not like I'm chewing my cud. I don't even know what that means. But I said, well, you know, the side-to-side jaw action, I don't like it. And I guess a couple more goat things, just to get them off my chest. One was there was a poet named Paul Goat Allen, or Paul the Goat Allen. He was a Syracuse, New York area poet. And he would come every year to my school in high school. My lovely teacher, who I probably shouldn't be, you know, send a letter of apology to uh, seriously because he was a great guy. Uh, I said I was a pretty good student, but he, he, anyway, a whole other set of stories. But Paul Goat Allen used to come and read his poetry to us. So that's another reason, another goat reason I like goats. Uh, uh, two, as I talked about before, I really love the place Sylvia, uh, what was it called? The Goat or something Sylvia, um, which I think I messed it up last time. I think I said it was an Ibsen play. I think it's an Albie play. And it's just a w- wonderful play. Uh, to me, I saw a performance in uh, San Francisco at one of the big playhouses with great, great actors. And it's a play, uh, something, a piece of art that I would only strive to be like with this podcast because it balances... It's just, it has this concept, which you, you you can look it up, but but it's, it explores it in such a wonderfully nuanced way, uh, beyond nuance, at least with the acting that I saw, that it was just mind-bendingly great. And you say, Jesus, not an LB play, it's an Ibsen play. And I say, well, oh, oh boy. And it's probably, but anyway, who is Sylvia? That's it, the goat, or who is Sylvia? Because uh, that's what, anyway, I don't want to ruin it for you. But I think if you go to play, you'll, you'll be spoiled. I don't see how you could go to play without being spoiled, but great, great play. Uh, there was a third goat thing, which was, I don't know if I told this something, but the, I went to a petting farm just recently this summer, and I was surrounded by goats, so maybe I'll post that picture. The goats loved me. Uh, and now they'll love me even more because I'm like, geez, I know. I said, man, you guys, it must be exhausting doing all that eating and the chewing with the jaw. Uh, so I feel for the goats. Uh, but at this, at this time, it was not an ideal time to be a goat. I think that was my point. And it was frustrating. Trying, I said, okay, got to come up with a plan here. But there was really, and I guess I was playing the waiting game, the goat, and I said, well, and I, I did, I said, I can't speak, but I kept thinking, like, don't be a goat. You know, don't be a goat. Change into a human. Uh, goat of many colors, road of many colors, boat of many. And I said, well, don't turn into a boat of many colors. That won't do us any good. I said a tote of many colors, but then I said I wouldn't be a, be worse than being a goat, a boat or a tote. You have, you know, you're inanimate. And I said, okay, maybe I should stop because, yeah, what if I become an inanimate object? 
Frodo of many colors, but to become a fictional character would be weird. And again, it'd probably just be the book. But at some point, uh, Lady Witchbeard came to the to to see me, and I, I you know I looked at her, and I'd had a lot of feelings as a goat. I was feeling stubborn. I was feeling uh, angry, I guess. And I even made some, when she came, I said, you know, some goat, you know, irritated goat noises. And she said, I know, I know, germ. And she said, I'd like to explain. And I could see she was upset. And I said, I said, well, because I really care about Lady Witchbeard. And then I kept being like, geez, and so much of our relationship was based on me, my buffoonery, that I said, geez, I'm going to try to make her laugh because I don't know how to handle human interactions without goofing around. Uh, but being a goat forced me, I guess, forced me not active, I guess active listening because I was moving my goat head. And I was even doing a little goat, you know, turning my head. And even my ears, I think that was probably involuntary movement. And then some active listening was interrupted by me, you know, chew, you know, eating. And I even tried to eat her, uh, one of the buckles on her. Actually, I did. Ugh. I ate a buckle off her shoe. Uh, oh, boy. And I know what you're wondering, and I won't even discuss the digest, you know, what happens. But she said, germ, uh... You know, she she says uh, she says I have a plan, and she was looking at me and then looking away, and I I, I was like, oh, I got these big goat eyes, and I said, well, I don't know how good goat eyes are, because I tried to goat eye, you know, and I said, is that goat? That's goad. But I tried to goat goat her, you know, like a puppy dog, like a little goaty poo. And it was working. I think I tried. I said, "Come on, goat eyes, water." She said to me, "I've had to weigh what's really important here, and I had to do what was right, germ." And she she said, "For for 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 both of us, for the magic, and for your daughter, and for you." And then she got real close to me. And she she put her hand on like uh, I guess the back of my skull. They say, Jesus, is that my neck or my head? But she said, some risks, Germ, are not ours to make. And she said, and then she it was a longer pause. I don't know how to do the pause to do just. And she said, or take. And then she just kind of looked at me, and I could see she she was. But I said, geez, she's upset, but I don't know what, I, I don't quite understand what emotion she's feeling. Uh, the impact on me was, well, geez, uh, I guess because I was already a goat, I was like, well, we're already screwed. But I said, and she said, she said I'm going to get you home. And I said, well, that'll be nice for me. And I guess Lady Witchroot's going to save it. But she was so upset as I was thinking about my goat, you know, my non-goat problems. Uh, I said, well, it'd be good not to be a goat. 
But she she was so upset she had it off. And then, like that night, they call, they called a meeting, and they I guess she said I could come because they led me to the meeting. And it was Lady Witchbeard, Marina, and Cortez, and a bunch of Cortez's higher-ups that he had handpicked, I guess. And they were talking some military stuff. That first, That's when I was eating. There was so many it was just stupid bug chasing. I said, what are you doing? We need to, like, eavesdrop. And I was like, go, Brain. I like grasshoppers. Leave them alone. I said, they can't. Oh, I said, uh, they can't possibly taste. And they said, Jesus, these are good, good, good insects, you know. Leave them in. Rump, rump, rump. That's what it sounds like in your head, by the way, when you're a goat eating. You think it sounds more slimy, but that's a... And I guess it's soothing. Maybe goats are high-strung. I mean, I know I'm high-strung as a goat, but I, you know, this is the one part of the story where being a goat's incredibly inconvenient. <clears throat> But then Lady Witchbeard said, come over here, germ. And they even had a pile of, like, you know, fresh grass for me, I guess, because they knew I, I was useless without it. And she started talking about this stuff that I had no idea about, about how uh, the stone, I think, I don't know where she learned this stuff. I don't know if it was from Montezuma or Marina and Cortez. Uh, but I don't think of Marina Cortez because they seemed to, to be. But anyway, she told this tale, uh, which is probably too exciting for this podcast. But the basic summary was that the stones from this pyramid, uh, this powerful pyramid, were not crafted of, of this earth. And then she can explain some of the thermodynamics of it, I think. But that these were craft, these stones were uh, from a quarry in, in 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 the beyond somewhere, and I don't know if it's like a pocket. I think this is a quarry again because it gets there's like this. The, the, the these these people have their own unique belief system, so I don't know if it's a pocket or a, a, like an underworld. Or a parallel, I don't think a parallel universe they had. But we'll just say a pocket quarry of, uh, I guess it would be an underworld, probably like a pre-underworld, quarried in the pre-underworld. Can we agree on that? Uh, in, in a you know, place, a mystical, magical place, of course. And that's why the pyramid could capture ostensibly all the magic on the earth. And then she said that the top stones were crafted in the most, the deepest and most magical place. And then she talked about the journey to get the stones and how perilous it was. But she said one person would go in wearing a coat of many colors, just like the one Germ had. Or was aware, you know, she, she said, anyway... And she said they, they would give them the power not to not to get to the stone, but to carry the stone back out. And a colossal trial-laden flatlands between our world and this this uh, 
the underworld. And everyone was like, and like, there's a lot of questions, but Lady Whisper said, this is, a, you know, she knew very little. But then she said, she said, I have a plan. And then and she said, we, we, we once we get the coat off of germ, she said, one of us will go in and bring the stone out. And then it was a little bit of a debate between her and Cortez. Uh, about who would bring out, uh, you know, who would do it. Cortez said he would do it, and really, but but she said she said who? Uh, she said it's way too risky for someone with without a coat to go because he's like, why can't both? You know, it was a debate, a typical you know common sense debate. But obviously, I was more worried about the next debate. If if you if you if you follow my logic. But Lady Witchbeard said, you know, there's nothing. For, I'll go. There's no. It's very risky. And there's nothing to lose, you know. She goes, if I go in and I don't come back out, you know, Cortez, you just proceed with the plan. And he said, okay, okay. And she said, we've already agreed on this plan, or none. And I was like, okay. I said, she's, when was it? I said, a lot of stuff's been going. I said, man, I got to, and then I was eating again. But then I was, at, I said, okay, what about, how? and then uh, Marina said, well, how do we get the coat off a of germ? And Lady Witchbeard looked at me, and she locked eyes with me. And actually, a couple of times, I was uh, I was trying to listen while I was eating. I was making sure I was maintaining eye contact in that direction, at least. Uh, but she said, she said, Germ just has to decide to take it off. And I said, well, that sounds like a, I said, no, well, now I'm going to think about it. And then he said, take it off, Germ. And I said, well, I, you know, I got all nervous because I said, just so I just started to eat more. And then, then there was all sorts of, you know, chattering. You were, and Lady Witchbeard, she didn't like that. She raised her voice. And she said, I said, he must decide to take it off. And I think I understood her point. It was like, geez, germ, you know, germ's got to. You know, you got to play a cool hand with Germ, or he's actually, I think she meant my subconscious has to decide to take it off. Because then I said, well, geez, do I have a subconscious since I'm in a goat situation? And they said, well, I thought about it. And they said, well, I'm hungry, you know, let me eat. And I said, well, what is this thing here? Is this a rock? Well, how does this taste? But then she talked about it. She said, she said, we'll have the, we'll have it, you know, uh, sundown tomorrow will be on the edge of the the entrance to the to the nether. I think maybe she was calling it the nether world. I said, well, she granite world. I said, well, I don't know if they're granite these uh, stone world. That's kind of boring. Magic quarry. I guess that's sounds you know actually that's uh, something something in the magic quarry. You know, they say, geez, the magic stone cutters of magic quarry. But anyway, I knew what she meant, and then the meeting was over, and then they uh, sent me back to my little corner, and tied me back up, and I said, well, maybe I'll eat about for a few more, instead of sleeping, maybe I'll eat, that's what my goat, you know, goat half said. And they said, geez, I got to think, I said, well, geez, do I have to think of a plan and then it hit me. I said, wait a second. I forgot about one of these goat powers. 
And I said, I remember one time coming across these fainting goats. And they said, geez, anytime these goats are frightened, they faint. And I remember having a, uh, whatever you call it, moral dilemma about it. Because I said, geez, I don't know if I'm comfortable making a goat faint. It can't be pleasant. Because they said, I remember, it's like, geez, aren't you here to make the goats faint? You know, shouldn't it? And I said, I don't know. I said, normally this is the kind of thing I'm into. But sometimes I said, geez, fainting sucks, you know. It get, for a goat, it's got to be even worse. So I'm not, no, thank you. I, I, didn't want, I don't want to take the goat fainting tour or goat fainting. And it was part of a, it was a strange thing. It was a geyser in somewhere in Napa County. And then it had goat faint, fainting goats. And I said, well, no, I'll just wait for the geyser. And the geyser seemed like a scam, too, to be honest with you. I'm about 90% positive it was a scam. And then the goat fainting thing. But then uh, who's coming towards me but her not? And I say, uh, and the next thing you know, I fainted. And I didn't even think about it that much. And then the first, then they woke me up. Uh, or no, actually, her nan woke me up. And then he said, but he started talking, and I still was a little woozy. And I said, I think I'll faint again. And this, I went on for a while. Clearly, I couldn't get, you know. And then I'd let him start talking. He'd be a germ, we need to talk. And I'd faint. And he said, germ, I'm not kidding. And I said, and faint. And then I said, I could, buddy, I could, I could do this forever. And then a lot of times I'd wait and they'd like listen. And I wasn't listening, though. I was just pretending to listen. To be honest, I was just like, when should I faint? Okay, let me look at his eyes. When his eyes get really serious, you're going to faint then. And then I would faint. It was, oh, my God. I felt like uh, whatever the hell, you know, practical jokers. And then, I, and then I would eat. And then I would wait. You know, he would, and I could tell he was getting sick of it after a third or fourth day. You know, it wasn't that. I could have done it for five or six days probably. But finally, he got sick of it, and he said, and he said, I know you're listening to me. And I was, because I said, geez, I want to wait him out. And maybe he'll give up and then come back, like redouble his efforts, and then I can really faint on him. But he said, I'm gonna, he, 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 he kind of, I didn't like it. I said, geez, you're a little bit aggressive with me. He was kind of trying to wake me up. But, but it, he go, he finally started making his speech, and I said, okay, I'll listen this time, but I won't open my eyes so he doesn't know, so then maybe later, like, then I'll know what he said. But he won't know if I know what I, he, he said, and then I can feign on him later, you know, but I'll still know. So I was listening this time, and he was like, Jerem, you misjudge me. I just want to, you know, he's giving me, he's giving me like a, he said, yeah, I just want, I'm just here to help things. He goes, that's all I want, and I know what I'm doing, Jerem. I mean, as a matter of fact, I know much better than you, and I know much more, you know, and I said, oh, boy, this guy. They said, I'm going to do the opposite of feigning in about two seconds. And he said, don't do anything stupid, germ, because people will get hurt. And I said, is this a conquistador talking to me like this? A freaking helmet-wearing, gold-stealing, breastplate-wearing, uh, indigenous people-abusing, uh, 
disease carrying. Is he, is he talking to me like this? And don't give me any point of order, Conquistador Cass, because like I said, your charter's revoked. And it was like Cortez could read my mind, though, so I said maybe my eyes are moving or something. Because he said, I know how to keep the most people safe, Germ, and bring them prosperity. And I know you wouldn't argue with me about all those things. About right and wrong. And their gods and mine and purity and I don't know, some other. He was taking a tone for me. I said, I do not like this tone at all. And he said, he said, but you just don't understand, Germ. It's beyond your understanding. And they'll be honest, I, I, I got up and I butted him. But good, good and hard. Well, no, no, like I said, geez, I, I tried to butt him good and hard, but somehow this freaking cat, and I mean this Cortez cat, he, 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 his reflexes were lightning reflexes. I mean, I went from, you know, fake feigning to instant butt move, and he, and I didn't even realize he was wearing a cape, but he spun around, took off his cape, did a, like, bullfighting move, slashed me through the cape, whipped, whipped down my butt, not too hard, but just hard enough to amuse himself. And then he said, see, Germ, you've made my point for me. And then I fainted involuntarily because I said I've been uh, uh, conquistador, I guess. Uh, but uh, but after I woke up from being passed out, I started, I felt a little bad about myself, to be honest, Cortez. And that might have been the name of his game, but I was like, well, what if I don't understand everything? Maybe should I trust Lady Witchbeard? And should I just go home... Uh, because then I was like, maybe I really am a goat in in a, in a larger sense. Like, because if I act out here, just like Cortez said, I'm probably just going to act out uh, for the sake of acting out. And I said, actually, I was, that's all I can really do. I don't have any power here as a goat. So maybe I should just take off my, like this coat and give it to them and be on my way back to my world. And he said, geez. and then I felt someone petting my head, and I said, well, geez, that's nice. Makes me feel a little bit less lonely and isolated. And then I look up at some arena, and I said, geez. I said, I said, man, what a person to soothe me, Cortez's lover. That she was honestly the guy that's soothing me, and then I looked into her eyes, and it put me a little bit more at ease. And she said, I want to talk to you, Germ. And I, and even her voice and her, just her manner, I said, oh, man. And she said, Germ, you know, you know a little bit about me, right, Germ? And I gave her a little, I said, I said is that, was that a rhetorical question? Do you ask a good rhetorical question? And I mean, I guess that would be, would you ask a goat a rhetorical? Of course you would. There's no other question to ask a goat. I guess. 
Maybe that's a rhetorical question. Would you ask a goat a rhetorical question? That's a rhetorical question. Don't answer it because, I mean, that should be, that's like it should be the new question for like a, like a, one of those tests to see if you're mentally, you know, you say, well, geez, what mental illness are we testing for with this test germ? Well, I don't know, but you'd say, would you ask a goat a rhetorical question? But it's a rhetorical, you know, an empathy test. And they say, okay, germ, okay. You know, you say, if they answer it, it says, oh, boy, sorry, you, you're not, you can't have the job. And they say, why? Well, that's a rhetorical question about a rhetorical question. Of course you wouldn't ask a goat rhetorical. But anyway, Marina, Marina, she said, you know, I'm of both worlds, germ, and it's really hard uh, to put in a story what it, what, what that means. But she said, I was raised here in this world, but, I, but I'm not a human. And she said, I had to learn that the hard way. She goes, because my whole life as a child, I knew there was something wrong. There was something that I was missing out on. And she said, I could see it with all the other children. She's like, there was just something just out of my reach. And she goes, the most devastating thing was it wasn't just one thing, Germ. It was millions of things that I, they had that I couldn't have. She goes, I'd watch those children and the things that were pumping through their veins, Germ. The fear, the wonder, the thing that would make them smile, the feelings of not having power of being insignificant or being excited or just seeing your mother down down the way. She goes, I couldn't have any of those things, the things that drive your heart germ. Those are the things I had to, those are the things I had to grow up without. And she said, now, once I learned who my mother was, Yes, they could have things just like that and so much more. Uh, people became people became my playthings like all the other gods and interrupting in your affairs. And, but I, I still was of this world too, Germ. Do you, do you understand how confusing that could be? And, you know, I kind of did. And then she, but she just kept, you know, she went out, she was, she was trying to make a point, so I don't want to mess it up. And she said, but then I had my first taste of it with Hernan, germ. For here's a man you'd probably say he's a bad man, germ. A man I shouldn't love, that I shouldn't feel. But taste of all these feelings that you feel for him and, and wonder why. Why could I possibly feel these things for him? I mean, there are pl plenty of reasons to... And plenty of reasons that don't make any sense, Germ. And I'm only feeling a sliver of all the things you could feel. And it's not enough for me, Germ. And she said, and, and that's what I want, Germ. Do you understand why I would want that more than anything in this world or the world beyond? And I can't, I mean, she, I said, I didn't say anything because I'm a goat. And Maria said, she said, I'm going to give it to all the other gods, too. I'm going to destroy them. 
And she goes, this is the complicated stuff, Germ. Don't try to wrap your head around it. But I'm going to give them their humanity so they no longer play around with this world. But they become a part of it. She goes, that's what the gods really crave, Germ. I'm positive of it. They crave being here. They're jealous of you. They're jealous of you, Germ. They're jealous of these people, and that's why they've waged war on them for their entertainment and their spite. And so that's my plan, Germ. And I gotta warn you, Germ, if you try to mess it up, or if something should happen to Hernan, I do have, I do have the magic of this world and the world beyond, you know, almost at my fingertips. I just have to, you know, right now, this pyramid is messing things up for me, but it's also going to enable me to get exactly what I want. So don't get in the way, germ. Just go along with the plan. And and I guess I kind of made, I guess I was making eye contact with her in some empathetic way, and I kind of, I guess I turned my head at exactly the right angle. I think it was to look at a bee. I said, do not eat a bee, goat. Do not eat a bee. But I think Marina thought I was looking at her, but I was really looking at the bee. Which I ate, and then I luckily I didn't have to talk because my tongue swelled up. If I was a talking goat, that's what I would have talked like. Uh, but I guess baby talk with vocal pry. Uh, but she thought I was looking at her, and she said, everything's going to be fine, Germ. We're going to send you back to your world. And Lady Witchbeard will train me in the arts of magic. And she'll serve me and her non, as we know, as he takes command of this world. And then she patted me out of my head and she was off. And I said, wait, what she said, I got some good. He said, this world locally. And I said, oh boy, I knew, because I, I, I knew the whole, I said, if I didn't trust I didn't trust Lady Witchbeard's trust in, in, is that what I said, trust? I don't trust Lady Witchbeard's trust in Cortez. And I don't think I trusted her mistrust in me, mis, you know, mistrusting me for my mistrust of her, for her trust of Cortez. Uh, but then I was like, oh, man, now I'm really at a goat uh a goat decision point because they said, okay, what the hell do I do now? Because, okay, so I could go home and go back to my life. It sounds like Lady Witchbeard would save magic, trans-universal magic saving. That was her plan to save magic. And but she would be stuck in servitude to Cortez and Marina. And then probably Cortez would become, he'd be married to a former demigoddess and also, you know, goddess. He would have a witch as a pirate witch who also could probably consider her general in a military situation. And maybe Marina's got some magic casting ability. Because she's a half goddess, 
so he, he said, geez, he's going to really, I said, oh man, what? And then I said, uh, I got to take my, and I, I was really feeling stressed. Uh, but I guess, I guess it wasn't really showing my stress because, uh, because I was eating and that's what I was doing pretty much the whole time. Because Lady Witchbeard came and, and she untied the one end of my rope and she started leading me off. And she led me out of camp and she led me to the entrance of this cave. And it was like this giant entrance uh, to a cave. And it was very cinematic. It had green light. And I said, okay, this is the cave to the underworld. It's got green light coming out. And Lady Witchbeard said, uh, she, she, she untied my thing and she looked at me and she petted me. And then Cort- I heard Cortez, he was behind us a ways, but he said, oh, there it is. And then the men started gathering and they said, you know, it's chattering. But me and Lady Witchbeard were, you know, 100, 200 yards ahead of him. And she petted me. And she said, I need the coat, Germ. I need you to do what's right. I need you to to help me save magic and do what's right for you. And I thought about it. And I said, geez, my goat got here. And I said, this is one of my problems is uh, rash action. I don't know. Actually, I didn't even think about it that much. I just said, my goat gut is not. And I said, it could have been the tar or the bee or the hot peppers. But my goat gut was not okay. And again, I was like, okay, here's my options. You know, but Lady Witchbeard, not going to do nothing. Uh... Faint, okay, no, stomp or snort or run. And I said, geez, Germ, do what's right. Or I guess I said, well, I guess the other option would have been to take off the coat and just say, here you go, Lady Witchbeard. But I decided to run into the cave uh, at top goat speed, which turns out it's faster than Lady Witchbeard could run or any of the soldiers with a 200 feet, 200 foot, 200 yard, uh, lead. And I ran right in the entrance of the cave. And that's where we'll stop for this week. So I hope you're, you're asleep, you're resting. But if you're not, you know, just picture the green undulating lights of the cave. An inviting cave, you know. As green caves go. But also, you know, before I ran into it, it was a sky of many colors. The green undulating lights of the cave. Against kind of like a tan. But above it, a beautiful, beautiful sunset offsetting in the, uh, the darkness that wasn't lit by green light. You know, post-sunset sky... And he also, you know, witches, green skin, you say, geez, when does green skin look good? Sunset, post-sunset dusk, looks pretty good on Lady Witchbeard. So just picture the the reds of a post-setting sun on a witch's face. And think of a fainting goat. You know, you could probably do some fainting goat material, you know. If if you're a fainting goat, you know, let me know. Text me.
you know, to tweet me. You know, hey, it, 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 fainting's great. You should have made us faint, Scooter. All right, I will talk to you soon.